At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the HHC. It's our playoff wrap-up edition, looking back on the just-concluded NBA Finals our congratulations to the world champion Milwaukee Bucks led by Giannis Antetokounmpo. Also looking at it from the perspective of the Hornets. What can they replicate that has just been performed by not just the Bucks but other teams that progress far into the NBA postseason and uh, just how far along on that path might they be. To help me out for that conversation, we welcome back for a two Sam's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, Sam Purley of Hornets.com. Sam, the Milwaukee Bucks, a dominant effort at times, winning four straight to close it out in six. Bucks in six was the chance starting at game three. Your initial takeaways from these NBA finals that just uh, wrapped up. Exciting finals. I think people had a sort of lower expectations because it was too, at least initially, I think there was a good chunk of people that had, you know, you have two mid-smaller market teams. There's a couple stars, but it's not the... Brooklyn Nets, who everyone thought, or LeBron James, or Anthony Davis, those kind of really star-studded teams. But overall, I thought it was awesome finals. I think the two things that stuck with me the most is the plays that the Bucks made at the end of Game 4 and Game 5. I think, I mean, those are two, you're talking about the block from Giannis on DeAndre Ayton, and then having the steal from Holiday into the alley um, from Giannis. I mean, just two tremendous winning plays that were a huge difference in those games. I mean, that was kind of the difference in terms of swinging the momentum. And then also Giannis with the 50 point in a clinching NBA title game. I mean, that's a once in a maybe generation kind of performance just with the circumstances, the way he was able to play. 
don't really have the words for how extraordinary he was in Game 6. It's just amazing, amazing performance. Yeah, that's something I take away from it, too. This wasn't Phoenix losing it. I know a lot of the focus coming into the finals was on Chris Paul, and that was going to be the lens, but really it became Giannis Antetokounmpo making these amazing plays and efforts scoring-wise in Games 3 and 4 to lead his team. The block, a signature iconic moment for him that will probably stand the test of time for his career, much like LeBron James has the block, Michael Jordan has the shot. Not saying he is necessarily in that class of all-time greats yet, but that might be his moment if and when he gets there. And then Game 6 to put up 50 points to to do what he did there. Uh, It was a very, very special, special series and one that Milwaukee won. Something you touched on that I think is important for the league, we saw two different markets make it make it in different ways, and do it without assembling a super team. And that has been kind of the mantra for a long time now, outside of the Golden State Warriors who really built through the draft. And even they had a a bit of a super team feel when Kevin Durant chose to join that group after they had won their first title. But outside of that Warriors team, most championships have been won in this era by players, elite players, choosing a city, coming together there, and then having the spare parts added around to complement them rather than what these two teams did. Milwaukee drafting Giannis Antetokounmpo, acquiring Chris Middleton a long, long time ago and just kind of building at that core, tinkering, finding the right pieces. And the Phoenix Suns building up a young nucleus of their roster and then a superstar chooses Alex to come play with them rather than, hey, we've got to trade away all these pieces as a lot of teams have done when making those championship runs to acquire the big three. So I think that is a game changer potentially in the NBA or or at least an eye-opener for a lot of these franchises that there is another way to do this other than let's make sure we have as much cap space as possible and then sell three all-stars on the opportunity to play together. That's really important, and I think you want engagement. You want to be able to see your superstars at the end. You want to see the Steph Currys, the Kevin Durants, and things like that, but I think the way this finals played out, and Milwaukee had been kind of a contender for a number of years, and I think getting Drew Holiday kind of put him over the hump a little bit, or probably was the main piece they added this year, but Phoenix wasn't even in the playoffs last year. They added one piece. They've drafted really, really well with Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, and kind of filled in the gaps with Cameron Payne and Cam Johnson as well as another guy they've drafted. So I think it gives kind of a blueprint for for a lot of the teams in the league, particularly ones in you know mid-major markets, that there is a plan to do this. You don't have to hoard superstars. And it's good for the league when you go into the season and you can have anywhere from 12, 15 teams have a chance to win it if everything goes right. This was a year where a lot of things had to go right. You had all the obstacles with COVID, you know, games suspended, injuries in the playoffs coming off a very shortened offseason. So this year was, I think, kind of an anomaly in terms of adversity a lot of teams had to encounter but overall this is really really good for the league because the more teams that have a chance to win it the more engagement there's going to be and fans and stuff don't go into the year expecting just Lakers and Nets pencil them to the finals or a few years ago when it's just Warriors Cavs for four straight years I think it's good having different teams in the conversation different players and different superstars or stars that become superstars like we saw Devin Booker take a big step this year Chris Middleton Trey Young also as well, guys that are on this platform for the first time. I think it's great for the league. And the fact that you can make that jump at such a quick pace. We saw Atlanta go from not in the playoffs for a long time to 
Eastern Conference finalists. We saw the Phoenix Suns go from not in the playoffs for multiple NBA generations. I look at a generation like the lifespan of a first-round pick, which is usually four years. That's the, the guaranteed contract. They've gone 10 years without being in the playoffs to making it within two games of winning a title. So it can happen fast. That should offer a lot of hope to fan bases across the NBA landscape, including right here in Charlotte. And that's our next topic of conversation. What are the lessons learned from this NBA Finals, this champion, and these playoffs that perhaps the Hornets can put into play for themselves in the season to come? We'll talk about next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Be sure to check out the Hornets Fan Shop at Spectrum Center. Now open Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Check out all the newest Hornets gear or grab a new pair of J's. It's an easy trip on the light rail or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 at HornetsFanShop.com. Sam Farber and Sam Purley here with you on the HHC and the NBA champion has been crowned Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks. There are a lot of ways to look at this, Sam, from a Hornets perspective. We talked briefly before how previously it seemed like everyone was trying to, if they're going to be a contender, create a big three, manufacture it. Maybe you have one of those pieces already in-house, but more often than not, you heard the narrative of, well, such and such team has enough cap space to acquire three free agents, and that was the way that it was perceived teams would do it. Now we have a different model. The Milwaukee Bucks have had their two superstars, their two all-stars for a long time, acquired Drew Holiday, and acquired some other pieces that were certainly significant in this run, but that core had been together a long time. They just kept tinkering until they found the right mix and maybe got the right breaks in terms of health as well. And then with the Phoenix Suns, a very young core, but they needed one superstar to lead them. Chris Paul was that man. Which of those two models do you think the Hornets are following right now or maybe are closest to achieving right now? If I had to pick between the two, I would probably say Phoenix. Just because I think Phoenix's core is a little bit younger right now. I think Devin Booker is still relatively young. I know he's on a second contract now. Bridges, Aiton, Cam Johnson, those guys are all guys they've hit on in the draft the last couple of years. And then they've added a veteran, just like Milwaukee, that kind of really put him over the edge. And the weird thing about Phoenix is, I mean, just not playing, like you mentioned, not being in the playoffs for 10 years, that doesn't happen. You don't go from not being in the playoffs for 10 years to going in the finals. You know, Chris Paul's a tremendous player, but I think they had a lot of stuff kind of break their way. But I think if you were looking just to comparison, I see the Charlotte team a little bit closer in terms of the construction of what Phoenix is doing. You've got a lot of young guys, you've got LaMelo Ball, you've got Miles, PJ, all these guys, and then maybe not, again, I'm not comparing the two, saying they're the same player by any means, but Gordon Hayward is kind of acting maybe as that Chris Paul caliber, the guy that's been through the league, that's been a veteran, that's been in winning situations to kind of take them to the next level. Now, whether that next level for the Hornets is making the playoffs next year, for Phoenix was obviously that next level was not only making the playoffs, but going to the finals. And I think just compared to Milwaukee I mean it, Giannis is just a once in multi-generation kind of talent I, you know hopefully maybe there's that talent in this building right now we will see but um and like you said him Middleton Holiday's been in the league for a long time I mean they've kind of been through this eight nine years and Milwaukee too has also been knocking on the door for a number of years Charlotte isn't quite there yet in terms of getting into the playoff getting through one round getting through two rounds things like that so I would say Phoenix right now I tend to agree in the sense that if the Hornets are one piece away it's because they have the young nucleus to together. LaMelo Ball perhaps is the Devin Booker, and then you make the comparisons, you know, Bridges is Bridges. Yeah, and, that's yeah, an easy one. Washington <laughs> is, a, you know, th- those types of things, and then you just need one all-star to look at this situation and say, hey, I can make this work, or maybe Gordon Hayward remaining healthy for the entire season is 
that all-star and you just need some extra pieces the way Atlanta assembled things. Maybe that is the route. I don't think Milwaukee is out of the question of being a pathway, though, because while no one is Giannis Antetokounmpo, he has a very unique skill set. I think you might have to go back to Wilt Chamberlain to find someone who is just so athletically different that they were able to dominate the game this way. But LaMelo Ball, while he is an entirely different type of player, has that kind of otherworldly ability in his court vision. So he's not necessarily going to influence the game by Euro-stepping from half-court to the bucket past three players and laying it in. But his passing ability, his vision, can be that kind of skill set that allows the Hornets to follow that path. And then you fit in the other pieces around. The other part of the the change in the game that I think this finals did is the return of the big man. We saw Milwaukee in significant stretches of this finals go with lineups that featured Antetokounmpo, Portis, and Lopez on the floor at the same time. And granted, Two of those three are really good, especially for their size, but even for the league. Portis was top five, I think, in the NBA in three-point shooting, but really good three-point shooters. So it's not as if they're abandoning all of the, uh, the modern philosophies about big men need to be able to shoot and stretch the floor. But this was a much bigger team than we're accustomed to seeing, very different from the the Splash Brothers Warriors type of team that it seemed a lot of squads were trying to emulate. Yeah, and if you want to expand it just a little bit outside the finals as well, DeAndre Ayton, huge, huge step in his career. I think there were question marks kind of coming in his third season I mean he took a major major jump and he's not a guy that's shooting three-pointer or anything like that back to the basket rim runner lob threat really really major development from him in these playoffs and a couple other guys that really stood out that kind of fit that mold Clint Capella on Atlanta was a big factor obviously Joel Embiid I think it's a really good point with the centers and I think it's obviously you want your centers to be able to do a little bit but you look at some of the best teams in the league they all have really great centers in some capacity I know Giannis is a little bit different because he's sort of the main ball handler he doesn't really he posts up a lot, but he's kind of just in his own category, I think. But Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, guys like that, they're all you know on really good teams. There's, there's a common thread. So, And I think having that good center, it just everything kind of builds out from that. You can play one in, four out, getting rebounds. And lastly on the center thing, I think just in the playoffs, physicality wins. Physicality wins, length wins, size wins. You saw how slowed down and kind of grinded out the first half of the game was last night. A lot of that is just effort. It's having the guys to kind of go in there and bang muddy things up and Milwaukee was able to do that and we saw that when the Hornets played them this year we saw it when the Hornets play Philadelphia you need size you need physicality particularly when you go into the playoffs because it's it really really hard and sometimes it's just you know those two big horn sheep just kind of going at each other and whoever comes out on top is going to win it was an exceptional finals I really enjoyed it I thought game two the Suns were spectacular game three Milwaukee spectacular and after that everything was kind of nip and tuck the whole way and really just some winning play so it was a very entertaining finals a lot of inspiration I think for this young Hornets team and we'll talk about just how far away they are we've gone over how we perceived this finals we've gone through the pathways to make it to the finals that these two teams followed now just how far along on their own path might the Hornets be as we start to turn the page towards next season talk about that next here on the HHC Hornets fans the buzz is building For season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative. 
Lock in your price today. Sam Farber and Sam Purley here with you on the Hornets Hivecast. Last season in the books officially now with the Milwaukee Bucks claiming their first title in 50 years. Giannis Antetokounmpo, the MVP, and now immediately returned to the 2021-2022 season. The NBA draft is one week away. We talked briefly about it already, Sam. The Phoenix Suns were one superstar somewhat choosing their team away as it turned out from going from not being a playoff team to being an NBA finalist, sound familiar, as a possibility at least for the Hornets here. How far away is this team? Are we looking at one superstar electing to come? Is it one more draft pick? Is it X number of seasons away? How far along the path of the teams we've just seen perform very well do you think the Hornets are? I mean, I don't think it's negative to say that, you know, I don't expect the Hornets to be in the NBA Finals next year. I, th- I think what the Suns did this year was an anomaly. I really do. And just in the sense of going from not making the playoffs for 10 years and then going to the NBA Finals with larger the same core and just adding one guy. Just personally, just the trajectory, I think there's a process to this. There's a ladder. You know, I know we all want it. I want to see the team compete and be in meaningful games into June and in May and June. And um, But I think, you know, next year, I think kind of the baseline is I think every player would pretty much admit that playoffs is the target. I think getting into the playoffs and being competitive in the first round of the playoffs. It's not going all in to make one series and then taking a step back and not making the playoffs. You want to be sustaining something and building it. And unfortunately, that takes time. As we saw, it takes it took Milwaukee eight years to do from basically Giannis, Chris Middleton, rookie season's core to getting to where they are. So I think as long as you're making incremental improvements every single year and maybe one year it's making the playoffs, maybe it's the year after it's winning a series, the year after taking it another step forward and somewhere along the line, you keep adding pieces that kind of put you over the hump or the next hump with the kind of young core that you have and continuing to build that chemistry, build that continuity. I think that is, I guess, where I'm getting at is maybe three-ish to four years, maybe. Everything goes right. Everyone develops at the same kind of trajectory. You keep hitting on your picks. You keep hitting on all your free agents. There's a lot of luck involved in this. I mean, that's a lot of what it comes down to. You got to get lucky in the sense that every decision you make generally has to be, for the most part, work out. You know, a bad contract, bad draft pick can kind of curtail you a little bit or an injury as well. So all goes well and they kind of continue this trajectory two, three years. I think hopefully we can kind of see advancement in the playoffs, but things happen. I think that's all fair to say, and I think typically when you look at championship teams or finals teams, you look at it through the lens of where is their superstar on his pathway. Tends to be the lens we look through, and you look at the superstars from this finals. Giannis Antetokounmpo is in year eight in Milwaukee. Devin Booker, you're talking about a guy in his sixth season finally making the NBA playoffs. Chris Paul, he's been in the league for over 15 years and finally gets his shot at the NBA Finals and I thought had a really solid one. Really, really strong showing from Chris. Definitely has uh, enhanced his legacy. So all that's to say, if LaMelo Ball is the superstar of this franchise, there is a lot of runway between where he is now and where all those players I just mentioned were when they finally cracked the finals for the first time. But I do think the Hornets have some advantages, and they had a lot of success last season when everyone was healthy. And I don't think that's lost on this team. Even though they recognize there is obviously a lot more work to do because 
They didn't make the playoffs, but they were a top four team when everyone was healthy. And that's not to say if anyone gets hurt at any point in this upcoming season, you throw in the towel and say it's all over. But it is to say if you can continue to grow and develop and have a little bit more luck, which was a theme through this postseason. A lot of L.A. Clippers fans are saying, man, if Kawhi Leonard had stayed healthy, we could have done X. Brooklyn Nets fans are saying the same thing about their big three. So Hornets not alone in that, but if they can be healthy at the end of the season, I don't think there's much question that this team can be competing and contending for a top four spot. And if you're in that top four, anything can happen. Yeah, we saw that. Anything can happen. One thing I keep harkening back from, and I don't know how cognizant people are, but I mean, look at that moment in that Nets-Bucks game if Kevin Durant's foot is two inches further back. It's a whole different finals. It's a whole different final for I mean, that's how slim the margin can be sometimes. The narrative, the story, how things work out. Is Kevin Durant's foot being on that line for that last shot in game seven to send it in overtime puts back it's a three-pointer so it's just crazy when you think about how you know small things can be in the biggest picture but I think in the Hornets and like you said the, the best thing they have going in terms of the positioning stuff is it seems like you've got your guy you've got a guy you can build around so Lamelo Ball obviously tremendous tremendous talent rookie of the year he's the kind of guy that guys are going to want to play with he passes the ball he pushes the pace rebounding he's an exciting player to play with I think and that's what you want to have you want to have a cornerstone that not only can you build around but other guys from outside the league are going to want to reach out and say that looks like a lot of fun to play with I want a guy that's going to pass to me like that so I can shoot or that's going to be the distributor and I want to play that kind of style of basketball. That stuff really matters in terms of getting eyeballs on the organization, other players, building connections. I mean, it sometimes it only takes one guy to kind of get the thing moving. His style of play, I think, is very teammate friendly. Getting other guys involved, it's not just, you know, just for example, Luka Doncic, which is just iso ball the entire time. Sometimes it doesn't, it kind of feels like the Luka show. I think LaMelo is a little bit different since it's like everybody's involved. Everybody's participating. Everyone's playing a role. So they've got a good foundation. It's just about kind of continuing to develop it, getting guys to build around it and then cultivating talent and bringing in other people from outside free agents, draft picks that want to continue growing with the young core they have right now. And I would say Gordon Hayward fits very nicely into that as well. Even though he is an elite player, he's not one that has to dominate the ball to succeed. We've seen him be very deferential, give the ball up to Terry Rozier for a last second shot if that's the better look. And other players throughout the NBA, LeBron James, I think, fits into that. As great as he is, he is always making or attempting to make the right basketball play, even if that means he doesn't take the shot. We've seen that throughout his career. So I'd agree with you. I think the Hornets have a very clear path towards getting where they want to be and and being a team in the NBA Finals. A lot of work still to do to get there, obviously, but with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns, I think there's a lot of inspiration to draw from, and particularly with the Suns, a franchise that had not been in the playoffs for a long time. They were certainly beneficiaries of some lucky breaks with other teams getting injuries, but that was the number two team in the Western Conference all year long. That was an exceptional basketball team. Even if Kawhi Leonard is healthy, there's a lot of people that think... I'm one of them, actually, that the Suns still win that series. You can say they got a little lucky at certain points in terms of who they did not have to play, but they went through the gauntlet and won all those games, definitely earned their spot. And uh, I think the Hornets, uh, they, they certainly have a pathway they can follow.
Yeah, and luck's part of it. It just is. Luck, whether it comes to injuries, whether it comes to guys developing, whether it comes to situations, whether it comes to this year with COVID, luck is part of it. It's, it plays, you know, whether it's good luck, bad luck to be able to, to withstand something happening. And that's not to knock the Suns or anything like that. I think, you know, you played who was in front of you and took a huge jump this year. Like you said, they were the number two team in the West for the entire year. You could say the same thing about the Milwaukee Bucks. They yeah. didn't play the Brooklyn Nets with all three of their superstars. They did not have to play Philadelphia. They did not have to play Atlanta. With Trey Young at 100%. Yeah, and it's like they always say, what is the best, sometimes the best ability in all sports? What is it? Availability. Availability. There and it is. It's just, it's being out there, being available. And that's a good point about, you know, that was a really good luck thing that happened for Milwaukee in the sense that he didn't get seriously injured, but I know he ended up missing what was the final two games of the Hawks series. And other guys kind of stepped up. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton stepped up. And um, good for those guys, too, by the way. I think there's a lot of recognition going to Giannis, and rightfully so right now. But Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, particularly Chris Middleton, has taken, I think, think some maybe at times fair maybe at times unfair uh criticism for his play i think he can have nights where he goes off for 40 45 points and other nights where he kind of disappears but chris milton was a late second round pick went through the g league was kind of a throw-in for the brandon knight trade a few years ago between milwaukee and detroit and he's uh, you know he i could argue he probably hit maybe outside of Giannis the biggest shot of the game last night that little elbow jumper with about 50 seconds left that made it a four-point game six-point game so it's great to see guys chris Middleton, drew holiday kind of more quiet stars get the recognition and perform great on the stage they were in last night and also brooke lopez and pj tucker and pat Connaughton. i mean there's a lot of it was definitely a team win so uh it was a great finals i like what you said the best ability is availability and we will be available to you over the next couple of weeks as we start to prepare for the next season draft is next week we'll have podcasts next week talking about the draft as well as talking about obviously all the picks that come in to the hornets organization then shortly after that it's off to las vegas and the summer league so uh, we've got a lot to talk about and we will be available to you to go over all of it right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Big thank you to Sam Purley. Thank you. I like that little segue the availability. We will be here. A lot of, lot of stuff coming up with, the, uh, like you said, Summer League. It's got Olympics too as well. Some more basketball if you still need a little fix between now and Summer League. Olympics are starting soon. Cannot wait. There's all, there is always something to keep an eye on in the National Basketball Association and right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Till next time, for Sam Purley, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us. Congrats to the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll talk to you next time here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.